Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Alicia. Stacy, my cohort, my storyteller galore. We are just silly for the 70s these days, aren't so, we? So, so silly for the 70s. But in terms of trashiness that would probably land you in prison today, I don't know if there's a better <laughs> era. This whole story, we were doing the intro after we did this story, and it just felt like, when does the rock just finally hit rock bottom? <laughs> when does the snowball end? Like, where's the end of this? There was no end. There was no end. Wow. Today's tale of marital misadventure is filmmaker and notorious philanderer John Derrick and his love triangle, specifically between his third wife, actress Linda Evans, and his soon-to-be fourth wife, Bo Derrick. Their marriage was a smidge-delayed because they had to wait for her to turn 18. It was a lot. It was a lot in a story with so, so many spider webs. So many spider webs. Think y'all are really going to like this. Before we dip into today's tale, is that a magic mirror I spy? So magic. So mirror. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us at patreon.com slash trashy divorces for early ad free episodes, dumpster dives, Zoom salons, and so much more. Holy cats, y'all are amazing. Donna P., Carrie, Mora, and Eli, y'all rock. Big love to our new supporters. Big love to our sustaining supporters. Big love to y'all. We're really excited you're with us today. Let's hop in our time machine and head back to those simple, carefree, trashy days of the 70s. Let's go, go, go. You were talking about the oddity of the 1970s with Hall and Oates the other day, and having researched this story, I just need to say cosine. <laughs> Bet. Bet. <laughs> Today we're talking about an ugly, ugly Hollywood love triangle that would certainly destroy careers today. Luckily for actor, director, screenwriter, producer, and photographer John Derrick, social media did not exist back then. So when he abandoned his third wife, the actress Linda Evans, for a 16-year-old then-unknown actress who would come to be Bo Derrick, it was controversial, but not only didn't end John Derrick's career, in a whole lot of ways it launched Bo's. I should also mention that Bo was about 30 years younger than, again, married to Linda Evans, John Derrick. This whole triangle is trashy and i can't wait for you to get into it there's so much here this was bonzo to research let's get into this by noting at the front that the idea that john derrick would go for a 16 year old while married to linda evans or anyone for that matter is not particularly surprising once we see his history what's odd is that he and Bo married and then remained married until his death more than two decades later that is the surprising part Let's start with John Derrick. Okay. I don't... Okay. Mm. 
John Derrick was born Derrick Delavon Harris on August 12th, 1926, into a Hollywood family. Oh, Leo guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, there we go. His father, who was largely absent from his life as a child, but would pop up to love bomb him from time to time as when he hired sex workers for his son on the occasion of his 11th birthday. No! Was the actor and director Lawson Harris, and John's mother was actress Dolores Johnson. As far as Dolores was concerned, the son both rose and set upon her son, so he grew up with a very inflated sense of himself despite his father's weirdness and distance. Okay, I'm going to need you just to slow down for a second. Sure, sure. You are excited about this story, Mm -hmm. and I appreciate it. So... Little John, mm-hmm. Leo kid, mm-hmm. has a boy mom 100%. Yep. And a dad who gets him sex workers on his 11th birthday. Well, so his dad was in Australia for extended periods making films there. So he just wanted to like make up for the for all that. So here's a coupon for a sex worker that you're al- in 30, wow. 37, okay. 1937. Yeah, anyway. Okay, sorry. I think I've caught up. Deep breaths. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. let's do this. By the age of 18, the man who would become John Derrick was signed on, oh my God, with agent Henry Wilson. He who gave the world Rock Hudson. Sure. Spiderwebs, the skeezy guy who created the beefcake yeah. type. Henry but was Wilson, yeah. Also taking sexual advantage of the men who worked with him. I have no information on whether that happened with, with John Derrick or not. Anyway, he was signed on with this skeezy agent and legendary producer David O. Selznick because Hollywood no. was a tight-knit circle back then. Henry Wilson, as was his wont, gave young Derek Harris his first stage name, and you will be surprised to hear that the name was Dare Harris. Dare Harris. Because he loved Rock Hudson, Tab Hunter, who also appears later in the story. Anyway, he had, John Derek did a, a couple of small parts in movies in 1944, and then he was drafted into the waning days of World War II as Everybody was back then. Well, that's the time to get in when it's almost at the end. Mm -hmm. For sure. (laughs) Not Um, bad, John. It was none other than Humphrey Bogart who christened (sighs) the young actor John Derrick and cast him in 1949's Knock on Any Door, which gained him some big recognition. The New York Times called him, quote, an idol for the girls, and the LA Times said that he was, quote, a handsome, hot-eyed newcomer. That's buzz. That is big buzz. That is big buzz. And I love it when Bogey shows up in a story. Mm -hmm, That's amazing. Columbia Pictures signed him to a seven-year contract in 1948, which landed him in pictures like All the King's Men, Best Picture winner, and a series of swashbuckler films like Rogues of Sherwood Forest. He wore a lot of tights (laughs) in his acting days. He played the son of Robin Hood and Mask of the Avenger. Hey, if you can rock tights, rock tights. Yeah. It's not a bad outfit to go to work in. By this point, he was legally John Derrick, and he was working steadily. After Columbia, Paramount came knocking. He was in the Ten Commandments for Paramount, and by 1960, was transitioning away from acting and toward directing and producing his greater passions. Like you do. But that's just on the professional side of things. In his personal life, by 1960, he was into his second marriage. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) No time to waste. His first to Russian-American prima ballerina and actress Patti Bears is notable because A, 
She was four years older than him. This is the only instance where that'll happen. Where that'll happen. And B, <laughs> the pair would have two children, including one, his daughter, Sean, who would write a not exactly flattering book about the family dynamics of the Derek clan later. Mm-hmm. Patty has a fascinating life story. She was born in Constantinople to Russian emigre parents and is the grandniece of novelist Leo Tolstoy. No. In Turkey, her parents refused to participate in pogroms and were forced to flee to Paris, where Patty earned a living during the war years and occupied Paris by dancing in Parisian nightclubs and hiding Russian Jews and ethnic Romanies from the Nazi occupiers on the side. Patty. Mm-hmm. She sounds pretty amazing. Amazing. When the war concluded, she got a contract with a Hollywood studio and met John Derrick at an acting class in 1947. They married the following year, and they were together, although quite rockily and with lots of infidelity on his part, until 1955. This is from a 1982 Ottawa Citizen review of his daughter Sean's book. Quote, John Derrick was a demanding husband. He would tell his wife she was fat and put her on endless diets and exercise regimens. He made no attempt to hide his girlfriends, not even Swiss starlet Ursula Andrus, who was 17 when they met in 1955 on the set of The Ten Commandments. Oh, big moves, Junior, big moves. Yeah, specifically, he left Ursula's dog's collar in the family truck, and so the next time Patty gets in the truck, she finds the collar. She calls the number on the tag, which rang to Paramount, which then directed her to Ursula's drama coach, and the drama coach explained what was going on. Oh, that is a terrible... Way to find out your spouse is cheating. I don't think it was the first time. Anyway, suffice it to say, John had already met his second wife by the time his <laughs> divorce from Patty was finalized in 1956. Who is Ursula Andrus and a teenager? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Patterns. <laughs> Patty was way too old for him, Alicia. He needed out of that. Is he the forerunner to uh, Leo D.? Mm, maybe. John declined to provide much in the way of support to his now estranged family, so he was basically also a deadbeat dad and a deadbeat ex-husband. His romance with Ursula, who spoke almost no English when they met, was in full flower. She was, note the pattern that will emerge, a decade or so his junior, and they married in 1957. We, of course, have talked about Ursula Andrus before, specifically in the Harry Hamlin story that you told. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was the poster on his wall. And when they met in 1979's Clash of the Titans, the pair, she is 15 years older than he is, got together. Other notable men that she's dated, Dennis Hopper, James Dean, Ryan O'Neill, who may have physically abused her, John DeLorean, and Julio Iglesias. Ursula's major claim to fame is originating the Bond girl persona or the Bond girl character. I'm not sure. Anyway, she was the first Bond girl. She played Honey Rider in Dr. No. And this happened during her marriage to John. After that, John sort of tanked her career by pressuring her into appearing in a bunch of his movies, movies that he was making that were all bad enough that they either bombed or studios just declined to release them. Pattern here, too, as we will see. Ursula, understandably, was not thrilled with this new phase of her life, and I guess John wasn't either. 
John kicked her out in 1964 when she began an affair with a co-star. By this time, according to... You're shaking your head. It's just all so much. It's a lot. By this time, according to daughter Sean's retelling, John had ensconced his first family in Ireland, although with not much financial support, and Patty, first wife, and Ursula, second wife, as well as the kids, did manage to have a bit of a bonding experience while Ursula was in Dublin filming a movie. She was already living with her next beau by then, but she was welcoming and gracious and some of the evil stepmother and romantic rival mystique that they had all adopted around her faded away a bit. Ursula just keeps appearing in this story. It's So now Patty, ex-first wife mm-hmm. and kids, and Ursula about to be second ex-wife mm-hmm. and kids, now they're just all chummy. Yep. Okay, great. Well, there's some positives to this story. Chummy-ish. This seems like a great spot for a break. All of that is very nice. When we come back, we'll talk about how John met Linda and how John took advantage of Linda. See you on the flip. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. John and Ursula Andrus divorced in 1966, but no worries. In 1965, John saw a 22-year-old actress. <laughs> He's lining them up before. Mm. Okay. Yeah, stacking sure. them, stack them up. Sure. Some people aren't supposed to be alone, Alicia. The heart wants. In 1965, John saw a 22-year-old actress named Linda Evans. She was born Linda Evanstadt on November 18, 1942 in Connecticut, but grew up in Hollywood. Scorpio lady. Linda had been cast in her first ever regular television series role versus guest appearances in a show called The Big Valley. Okay, I'm about to tell you a story that screams creeper behavior to me, but... This is how Linda Evans recounts their meeting in her 2011 book, Recipes for Life. Oh, boy. Long before I ever met actor John Derrick, I was in love with him. No! Yes. When I was 12... <sighs> mm-hmm, I saw on the wall. Mm, literally. When I was 12, I saw the movie The Adventures of Haji Baba, which I thought was incredibly romantic, with a turbaned John riding across the sand dunes on an Arabian horse. I immediately got the record of Nat King Cole singing the title song and listened to it over and over until my sister Charlie wanted to kill me. She continues, Like so many teenagers at that time, I had a picture of John over my bed next to Tab Hunter, Mm. and I spent many hours staring into his beautiful eyes. I remember being heartsick when I read in a movie magazine that he was married with two children. The first I met John was years later when he had become a filmmaker slash photographer. 
That should just have air quotes. Oh my God, as we will see. He had seen the pilot for the Big Valley and called the producers to ask if he could photograph me. Of course I said yes. He had a reputation of being an exceptional photographer. By this time he had divorced his first wife and was now married to Ursula Andrus. We spent the whole day shooting pictures. I didn't think about it again until many months later when he called and asked if I'd like to see the pictures and maybe even take a few more. Oh, maybe. This time when I got to his house, I learned that Ursula had left John, staying in France with her co-star, Jean-Paul Belmondo. That was the beginning of our wondrously romantic relationship. I was so in love that when John suggested I try to get out of doing The Big Valley, I wholeheartedly agreed. Sure. My career doesn't mean a thing. However, the producers thought it was a really bad idea. We compromised, and I did a few less episodes a season. Okay, so that sounds really bad to me. Hold up, still gotta process that. Because it's not just the poster on the wall fantasy she has at 12. It's him on a horse. So there's horse girl, poster on the wall fantasy, blue eyes. It's creeper from her and creeper from him. But apparently... The heart wants, and he cannot be alone. Wow. Yes, Linda Evans has a completely different take on that than I do. But what comes next sounds even worse to me. It turns out that John's first family, Patty and their two kids, were no longer in Ireland. Oh, where are they? They were flat broke in Spain, living in a tiny boarding house and driving each other crazy. One day, a check arrived in the mail for them, From Linda Evans. What? With a note from John. They had never met her. They had never heard of her. She's 22. John includes a letter introducing her. All of of the honorifics and terrifics and superlatives. Maybe you won't be mad if I send you this check along with it? If I have my 22-year-old girlfriend send you a... Pay my child custody bills? I have no idea if anyone ever directly addressed the fact that John's 42M girlfriend, 23F, was supporting his first (laughs) ex-wife and two children, but... Wow. Doesn't sound great. Again, Linda, to this day, feels all of this was fine. This was okay. I think I understand a little bit better your sounds from your office that you've been making the last Mm -hmm. few days. This Mm -hmm. story is fantastic. I feel like this must have been a bit awkward at times, but here's Linda later in her book. We did everything together, including films, partly because I loved being with him and mostly because John insisted that I stop working for anyone else, Mm. which is why I pretty much disappeared from the public eye. After the Big Valley, the only time I worked without John was when his projects weren't bringing in enough to cover our overhead. Oh, Linda. Linda is supporting John Derrick. Man and a dream. Man and a dream. Sounds neat. But Linda was 100% all in on the relationship and to this day appears to have no regrets. The pair eloped in Mexico in 1968, and in 1969 she starred in a movie he directed called Childish Things, which Wikipedia tells me was also known as Confessions of Tom Harris and as Tale of the Cock. Oh, oh. And for their next project together... (laughs) And for their next project together, they decided maybe it would be better for their relationship if Linda didn't act in it. 
Because John wasn't just making terrible low-budget movies that no one wanted to see, he was also a very demanding director of them. (laughs) Oh, best of both worlds. So John wrote a script called And Once Upon a Love to be shot in the Greek islands, and Linda was overjoyed to be heading to Greece with him. So romantic. So romantic. Linda says that when Mary Kathleen Collins, whose stage name was Bo Shane, age 15, walked into their home to audition for a role, she knew immediately that Bo would be cast. While they prepared stateside before heading to Greece, Linda worked closely with Bo, a Long Beach, California native who was thoroughly bored with high school. She'd basically skipped a month or so and would just head to the beach and hang out and... Then she got caught and had to go back to school, so she preferred anything else and went to audition for a part in a movie. She had zero acting experience, or really any experience, because, again, she's 15. Well, she can surf. Probably. Probably surfing. She can at least sunbathe. She can beach. She Beach. Her job was beach. Her job was beach. The whole film enterprise looked doomed from the start. John and (laughs) Bo did not get along. And since the movie they were working on was extremely low-budget pattern, before leaving the States, Linda asked her agent to find her some work so she could pick up the financial slack pattern. He did, but she was really worried about leaving John and Bo alone in Greece because they were arguing over every little thing. John wanted Bo to dye her hair. He wanted a scene blocked this way. He wanted a line read differently. Cats and dogs. Total conflict. Linda returned to the States for two weeks to work, and when she got back to Greece, John and Bo were no longer fighting. Oh, no. On Christmas Day 1973, John told Linda that he and Bo were in love, and that their marriage, which Linda had considered exceptionally good, was over. What? Think it through. Think it through. How do you even react to that? Poor Linda Evans. Oh, this gets worse. John... Oh, oh no. I'm so glad that Sean Derrick wrote the book she wrote. John would later tell his daughter, Sean... The book is called Cast of Characters, by the way. I don't think I included that earlier. John would later tell his daughter, Sean, who is a couple of years older than Bo, that he... <laughs> it, just every part, it's just you think the cliff is going to end and we're going to hit rock bottom. But no, no, we just keep bouncing down the rocks. So John said that he really wanted to keep both Bo and Linda, but he settled on Bo because to Linda, he was, quote, special, but not special enough. (laughs) With Bo, he could be the entire world again. Uh, He was 46. She's 15. I think she was 16... I, I'm sorry, please let a few months make zero difference, zero difference in that equation. Zero difference. You go He's to jail for this stuff two today. two-thirds her age, essentially. Wait, something like that. Yes. Wow. Math is not our job. Linda came home, <laughs> presumably in shock, and would file for divorce in 1974. She says she spent weeks just buried under the weight of her heartbreak, very understandably. But one morning, the phone rang. It was John. And he asked if she was dating anyone. She was initially angry at him for this. He wanted to rid himself of guilt. So, of course, if she had moved on, then he could feel better about the whole thing. Like, hey, we've both moved on. It's all good. All I want from you is the green light of forgiveness. Exactly. Yeah. 
But as she stewed on that, she realized that she was, in fact, letting her sorrow over his betrayal overtake her life. Again, she's still in her 20s, right? Like, she has a promising career that he had totally clamped down on. I'm sorry, has Linda Evans looked in the mirror? You got a future, lady. Just go find it. So she called her agent, told him she was ready to get back to work. Got back on the horse. Good for you, girl. Started piecing herself back together again quite successfully. Her role on Dynasty, which would cement her as an iconic television star. Aaron Spelling joint. Yep, was still a few years away. Spiderwebs everywhere. But, you know, but this role was coming and there were plenty before that. For Bo and John... The next few months presented some challenges. What? Again, who could have anticipated mm. that? He was 30 years older than she was, and she was a minor. Had they returned to California, it was entirely possible that John would have been charged with statutory rape. And should have been. And his certainty over this makes me think that either her parents were unthrilled with this <laughs> turn of events... or that he was milking the danger and the drama of their relationship to keep his extremely young girlfriend enthralled. So they stayed in Europe until Bo turned 18. Wow. Whew. They married in 1976, although John's daughter, Sean, says that Linda continued paying John's bills even after he left her. No, she doesn't. This guy must have been the most charming loser who was ever born. That is, wait a minute. So now Linda has paid for Patty (laughs) and the family, Mm -hmm. and she's paying for John and and Bo, his teenage mistress, now wife, to sustain their lifestyle? He was, he was broke. He he needed money. Who who was he going to call? Girl. So on the topic of that movie that they were making in Greece, though, the low-budget production ran out of money and was shelved. It was supposed to never be released at that point. Like, it was a terrible movie, and it also had no money. And Never should have seen the light of day. What happens? Once Bo appeared in the rom-com 10 in 1979, playing Dudley Moore's feminine ideal, and directed by Blake Edwards, not John Derrick, she was suddenly very famous as a mainstream sex symbol. Like, How did that was John her... feel about that? Is he going to make her quit her jobs? Well, well, well he was ex- he could leverage her fame to <sighs> get you. Okay. So at that point, a producer, I guess in West Germany, bought the rights to this shelved 1974 garbage movie, re-edited it, and added a new soundtrack and released it globally. In the U.S., it came out as Fantasies eager to capitalize on the new sexy stardom of Bo Derek. I do not believe it was what anyone would call a good movie. Quote, unquote. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break here now that we have these two, well, one young lover together, and we're going to come back with the further misadventures of John Derek and the fact that Linda Evans is basically an emotional intelligence superhero. Back in a minute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Stacy, mm. my head is spinning. Mine too. I love it when you deep dive into the trash. Mm. Please continue. John. <laughs> Always on the take, John leveraged Bo's sudden stardom to get financing for a string of terrible movies that featured her pattern. Like Tarzan, the ape man, for which Bo won her first Golden Raspberry for Worst Actress. Oh, what an honor. There was 1984's Bolero. Bolero was a fascinating John Derrick vehicle because it earned an X rating, failed to cover its production costs at its limited box office, and won a slew of golden raspberries, including a second worst actress for Bo, worst picture, worst director for John, worst screenplay for John, and there were a few others just for good measure. That's just a sweep. That's a wow. <laughs> I am certain that Hollywood is always crawling with guys like John Derrick, but what sets him apart is that while he seems like a world class moocher, egotist, and creeper, Bo, Linda, and even Ursula ended up being, I believe, lifelong friends with him, or at least friendly. His daughter, Sean, certainly had her periods of estrangement from him, and from him and Bo, again, younger than Sean, but she and Linda had bonded, and Linda seems like one of the best people in the world, to be honest. For instance, in 1980, when Ursula was involved with Harry Hamlin and the pair were expecting a baby, It was Linda effing Evans who drove Ursula to the hospital the night she delivered their son. And Linda's assistant slash best friend went to retrieve Harry from the movie set that he was working on to get him to the hospital. This is incredible. Linda's second husband, to whom she was married from 75 to 79, had dated Ursula at some point. So maybe (laughs) they had more in common than a first blush pass would suggest. Sure. I don't know if John Derrick was a faithful husband to Bo, but I do know that he often teased her about leaving her for someone younger. This started the day she turned 18, apparently, which seems deeply cruel. He also photographed all three of the latter wives for Playboy magazine at separately. Okay, that's just a kink. Wow. John. In spite of being one of Hollywood's least talented screenwriters and directors, he does have a claim to fame that is also a trashy divorce's spiderweb. Oh, tell me. John Derrick directed two Shania Twain videos, including Whose Bed Have Your Boots Been Under? Really? Yeah, in the 90s, just who knew? That's probably his best work, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) wonder if he was friends with Mutt Lang, Shania's first husband. That... That would make a lot of sense to yeah, me. That episode was really good. Be careful. Be careful who you make Couple's your couple friends. friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John Derrick died of heart failure in 1998 at the age of 71. And his funeral was attended by all four women who had ever been married to him. And Linda remembered him in her book by saying he would have loved seeing us all together again. Oh, I bet he would have. <laughs> <laughs> Love never ceases. He will always be a part of my life. And she remains best friends with Sean Derrick, her ex-stepdaughter. It's all complicated. Bo Derrick has spent this century engaged mostly in activism for causes that she cares about, including wounded veterans, animal welfare, and wildlife protection. She's been involved with actor John Corbett since 2002, and they married in December of 2020. Oh, and as a final spider webs, Bo appeared in Sharknado 3, oh hell no, in 2015. (laughs) 
So <laughs> shout out to your Ian Zeering story from a while back. Well, there you go. That really took us all around mm. the bend. Alicia, that is the series of trashy love triangles that John Derrick kept getting himself into from like the 1950s through the early 70s. He sounds like a bad guy with a great picker, to be honest, which I guess worked out well for him. I do want to share this passage from the New York Times obituary of John Derrick because I think it goes a long way in capturing his cinematic style oeuvre. Okay. For engineering her role in 10 and for promoting his wife's career through careful marketing, Mr. Derrick gained a reputation as a Svengali. She appeared in a succession of poorly scripted films that Mr. Derrick directed and photographed himself, but there was no repetition of her early success. Vincent Canby in The Times ridiculed Tarzan the Ape Man, 1981, as a vehicle, quote, to present Mrs. Derrick in as many different poses, nude and semi-nude, as there are days in the year, unquote. Another collaboration, Bolero, 1984, contained lovemaking scenes that provoked audiences into fits of laughter. Oh, that's not what you want. (laughs) I am giving John Derrick 30 poorly scripted trash cans for the age difference between himself and Bo, but I do actually suspect the number is closer to infinity. Linda Evans gets halos. I don't even know what to say about this one. I don't know what to say either. My brain is still a little bit sure interplanet Janet on that. Oh, and I forgot to write in that Linda Evans spent 10 years in a relationship with Yanni. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. New age musician. So anyway, fascinating life. And we'll have books and sources in the show notes on our website. Yeah, TrashyDivorces.com is where you can always get that. Thank you, Stacy. Well done. You're welcome. 10 out of 10 Hollywood trash candy. 10 out of 10. To 10. Apparently that film is how we got into the, the ranking women on a 1 to 10 scale. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, friends, that is it for today's story of marital misadventure. Many marital misadventures. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and supporting us on this trash candy journey. Again, Stacy, super well done. Super well done, y'all. Thanks for hanging out with us and telling your friends about us and your kind reviews. If you are looking to get a little bit more trashy in your world, patreon.com slash trashy divorces is the place to go for dumpster dives and spider webs, all kinds of bonus goodies there. If you're looking for a little bit more podcasting love, Add into your Monday, done and done. We are currently going through Capote versus the Swans, the feud series, finally making it into episode two, and we are still working through those trashy Mountbatten's. Over on Trashy Royals, that drops Thursdays wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Until we meet again, Alicia, what should the people do? The people really, really should avoid John Derrick at all costs. Like, there were a lot of lessons in that particular oh, so. trashy divorces, so. but everyone should keep their hands very, very clean. Keep their hearts trashy, but not as trashy as John Derrick. Oh, my Lord. It's going to take me a long time to get that one out of my brain. Everybody have a fantastic week. Big love, y'all. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being our patrons. With great fanfare. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you and appreciate your support. And y'all are badasses yeah we love to hear from you 
We do. You got any feedback? Send us an email at trashydivorces at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or there's a voicemail box. There is a voicemail box. What's that number? 404-594-3658. Cool. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you want to hear about. Let us know what cool thing you've discovered that we should know about. That's what's up. Keep it trashy, y'all. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.